Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Marty, minister to the Grace Adventist Centre and Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. And I'm joined by Pastor Gary. Gary, you're normally hosting the program, but today you've taken a big risk in giving me this responsibility, but you're not off the hook. What are you going to be sharing with us a bit later? Uh, look, I re- just recognise our quality uh, when I uh, when we do actually hear it. I really appreciate you sitting in the driver's seat uh, over um, over there. It uh, it really is fantastic. Yeah, look, really looking forward to uh, uh, to today. Uh, what we're um, uh, dealing with today this week, of course, we're going through the um, what's called the Ten Commandments, and we're just simply asking the question: How relevant are the commandments in the day and age mm. in which we live? You know, in the post-biblical world, how relevant are they? Yesterday, loved being able to sit down with uh, my mate uh, Eric uh, Eric Hora and his daughter Suzanne, lovely, wonderful uh, people and we were talking about the fifth commandment uh, yeah. honour your father and your mother and the implications of that for uh, for today. It's a real ripper actually. Oh yeah, I hope my kids were listening to it. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> well, I did actually ask Suzanne, I said, well what are you going to do with your father when uh, he, uh, uh, he gets a little bit older and we, yes. had, a good, uh, we had a good laugh about that. But look, today we're actually going to be looking at the uh, very next commandment, the sixth commandment, that actually talks about this issue of killing. And uh, of course, that involves this whole area of violence. And uh, in the world in which we live today, I'm just so conscious that, uh, uh, you know, this is something that I believe as Christians we really need to pick up on. Absolutely. The world is in a mess and there's crazy things happening and the Bible has so much to say on this important issue. Hey, if you're joining us today on the radio, we'd love to have you join us and and, and hear from you. If you're listening and you just want to say hello or you want to tell us where you're listening from, you can do that by sending us a text. The number is 04-888-8888. 11. One more time. The number is 04888-80811. If you want to just say, G'day, uh, I'm listening from Adelaide or you're listening from Brisbane or wherever, we'd love to hear from you this week. So, um, as Pastor Gary, as you've mentioned, we're looking at the Ten Commandments this week. Do we really need divinely instituted moral laws to define what is right and wrong? Aren't we smart enough? and advanced enough as a society today that we no longer need the Ten Commandments? What do you think? No, it's a it's a huge question, and there are many people actually there, Marty, that uh, would actually certainly uh, certainly agree that uh, hey, you know, we've really moved on from an ancient um, moral law. You know, we're in a post biblical society. In fact, I'd suggest we've actually moved into an anti Christian society, not just a, a, a society that is questioning biblical values, but mm-hmm. a society that is against. Biblical values, yeah, and uh, of course here we come along. We're talking about uh, ten commandments. We're talking about a moral law. I mean, hey, I mean, how um, you know how untrendy can you actually be? You know, it, can truth and can morality actually sometimes get in the way 
of money? Can it get in the way of popularity and these kinds of issues? I am um, jumping over to our World Watch segment for this afternoon. I uh, found a, an interesting article. And it's entitled, Netflix, Amazon are pushing R-rated content to children and teens, Watchdog. So the uh, the uh, reporter, Michael Forst, gives some very interesting information on this subject, Gary. I'm just going to read a couple of quotes from this uh, from this news article released on the 17th of March, which was uh, last Friday. A parental watchdog is sounding the alarm on popular teen-centric TV series and warning parents that Netflix and Amazon are pushing content to children that deserves an R rating. This is big, isn't it? This is serious stuff. And, I, you know, this is something I think often about with, uh, you know, being having three kids, young kids, you're always thinking what kind of things potentially in the years to come when they yeah. get a bit older, yeah. are they potentially yeah. going to be confronted with? The major streaming services, I'm quoting now, are promoting R-worthy content to teens who otherwise would not be able to purchase a ticket to an R movie at the box office. Mm. That's absolutely what's happening. Henson told Christian Headlines, everything is amped up 10, 20 times over what you would have seen on broad broadcast and cable. So there's a lot more explicit sexual content, a lot more nudity, and a lot more foul language than anything we've seen before on broadcast or cable. Two decades ago, Henson said, many parents would have never considered subscribing to HBO, Cinemax, or Showtime for their children due to the mature content on those platforms. Today, though, such content is readily available on the major streaming platforms and is being pushed towards minors. She goes on to say that such series normalize the use of coarse language in, in a culture to the extent that kids are seeing this on screens and they're seeing kids that look like them and kids that are their own age speaking like this. It makes it seem like, oh, well, this is just how kids talk nowadays. And that should not be normalized. That's what Henson told Christian Headlines. And, mm. and Gary, I... As I read this, you know, I, this is no surprise to us, really, is yeah, it? Everybody yeah, yeah. knows that the the media and whether it's social media, online, etc., everything's just pushing, pushing, pushing. And yeah. I've heard it said, and I think it's a very profound statement: what one generation tolerates, the next embraces. Mm. Are we seeing this in what in terms of what we watch and listen to today? Oh, look, I, I really think that we are actually. I mean, this is this to me. I think you've got an article here that's a uh, where that's a really uh, one that we do need to uh, to to highlight. You know, in this whole world watch type uh, uh, type segment. Uh, look, the. Uh, <laughs> Marty, some time ago, I uh, I remember doing a uh, um, a group of university students actually asked me to to speak with them and uh, on a Friday night type mm-hmm. uh, type program. It was a it was a really fantastic time. I'd spoken previously to them a few times, and uh, the person who was organising it said, "Look, what we'd like to do is we'd like you to present, and then we'd deal with some questions, but we want you to deal with the whole uh, issue of uh, of gaming and gaming gaming mm-hmm. technology." And I thought, well. Well, that'd be an interesting one since I don't play uh, video games and I haven't uh, haven't been 
and I haven't seen any of them. That's good. You, you didn't waste your time. I didn't waste my time. I actually they weren't around when I was oh, growing up. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's how old and ancient oh, I, uh, I, I actually am. But look, the thing that I actually went and did my homework, uh, and uh, uh, I, I discovered from the from the young people some of what was. I mean, this is now. This would probably be eight or eight or nine years ago. So I mean, these games are well sent well in the uh, in the past now. Uh, but uh, I went and, and looked and and, and and discovered what the cart the primary games were that certainly university students were mm. were playing. Mm. And um, uh, I I picked up that uh, that information. Then I went to the review sites. Now I didn't mm-hmm. play them myself, but just simply mm-hmm. the you know the secular reviewers out there. What are they actually saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, what I discovered absolutely uh, horrified me. Uh, I, I I discovered that. Uh, in one of those uh, those games, uh, that uh, at the upper levels, uh, you were able to to rape uh, a woman. That was the uh, that was at one of the upper levels. Once you had succeeded far enough. Now um, the, that that to me wasn't actually the most unbelievable thing because uh, I uh, we had a wonderful uh, Friday evening program. We chatted about uh, mm-hmm. uh, about this issue of gaming, the impact it was actually having on uh, on them as individuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think we had a, a lovely time together. Significantly, go, though, the very next day, I went along to uh, to preach at my church, and uh, one of the parents uh, came came up to me, and they said this to me. Now they were running the uh, the teen uh, Bible study group in the morning, and uh, they said, uh, uh, Pastor Gary, they said uh, last night my and it was their one of their elder uh, children who was at university had heard the program really. Had had actually appreciated it, and uh, I'd come home and told mum and dad. And uh, this uh, this in, this uh, um, uh, parent actually said to me, they said, "Look, would you come and do the same thing this morning for our Bible study group to have our teen group?" And I thought, "Oh, wow!" wow. Anyway, he talked quickly, and uh, uh, and I said, "All right, okay, I'll you know I'll see if I can trim things down a little bit." Mm-hmm. Anyway, I went along to the Bible study group of. Now, these are high school uh, age uh, young people, generally younger. Uh, teenage, uh, young, young people, about 13 up to about 15 or 16 years mm-hmm. of age. And, um, I, I got talking about what games they were actually playing. Mm. And, uh, significantly, they were playing the same games as their university older mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. And I actually said to them, I said, how many of you have actually played these games? And at that time, you know, I knew what the reviewers were saying. They didn't know what I knew what the reviewers were saying. Mm-hmm. And all but one admitted to having played these yeah. particular yeah. games. Yeah. All but one. It's it's um it's widespread, isn't it? Oh, you know, look, it's, look, it's, it is so widespread. In fact, it's a huge challenge. It's a huge challenge. That particular group, uh, I, I actually shared, um, I said to them, I said, do you know that at the upper levels, what you can do? They knew. Uh, the significant yeah, thing yeah. to me was this. The parents didn't know. See, this is the problem, isn't it? Young people are accessing all sorts of various things on their devices, on oh. their computers, oh. and parents, you know, see them on their laptop. Maybe they think they're doing their schoolwork or something like that. But this is a huge challenge because how can you, as a parent, even you'd have to have eyes in the back of your head, yeah, yeah, to yeah. To, to monitor this, and 
if there's no education, I'm, it's great. It sounded like those parents really valued you sharing and actually giving some insight. I, I know for me personally, Gary, talking about computer games and TV programs, I can unfortunately reflect on my you know teenage years and think of countless hours that were spent, wasted, and not only wasted, but those those things that you watch and listen to, they really do get stuck in your brain. They stick there. And they affect different areas of your life. And it's only by the grace of God that we can actually, you know, God renews our mind and he gives us a, a, a new thoughts and new ambitions and desires. But, you know, this is this is really serious stuff. And I think to myself, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear more on this, Gary. How big an impact, how big an impact does the media, what we watch and what we listen to, play in shaping our morals and the morals of younger generations. Oh, I I think the media is now officially the the church of younger generations for contemporary generations. I mean, it's a very is, significant statement. That's that's where morality is being determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I personally i I believe there's actually a case a case for saying now. I believe many Christian people need to actually be moving off the uh, major uh, mm-hmm. media forms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've got to watch what goes into our minds, don't we? We've got yeah. to guard. Yeah. I, I lo- there's a saying, you've got to guard the avenues of your soul. You've got yeah. to guard the avenues of your soul because what we focus on, I see you turning in your Bible. I don't know if I'm on the same page as you, Gary, but what we focus on is what we become like. Indeed, indeed, that's it. That that is exactly uh, uh, exactly what is the is the case. You know, when you think of you know, I mean, Philippians, you know, four four eight. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's one of Paul's most powerful statements, and we actually quote it, and many of us have learnt it in our our younger mm-hmm. days. But in reality, apply this to the media culture yeah. that we are living in today. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Finally, brethren, finally, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You know, one of the things I'm just so conscious of is, you know, how hard it is. One of the things I really love being able to do is to get up to have some devotional time in the morning, to spend mm-hmm. some time in prayer. I really I enjoy it. I, uh, You know, I, I spend some time in reading every morning. But do you know something? What I found, and in recent years, I've I've actually dropped off a lot of well most of the uh, movie movie type type mm, genre. Mm, mm. Uh, but do you know uh, if I have actually watched if I had actually watched and I and there are times when I've actually have watched some James Bond you know mm, some James mm, Bond mm. in the in the evening before. Yep. And do you know how hard it is uh, to actually um, move my mind into a devotional frame set uh, the uh, the next morning. The uh, you know I have trouble that evening. I going to sleep yeah. uh, and then after yeah. having trouble going to sleep I wake up in the morning and you know hey uh, my prayer time almost appears to be blocked absolutely that's exactly right you know when we are uh, when our minds are overstimulated with with some kind of content that is especially you know of it's you know let, that's if we're totally honest with that text that we go this really doesn't fit with what God is saying is is really worthy yeah. of our attention and worthy of what we need to focus on, 
then yeah. absolutely that's going to impact. And this is not politically correct to say this. I mean, the reality is, is that, hey, you know, I mean, uh, you should be broad-minded enough to turn around and be able to deal whatever's actually happening. Whereas, in, in effect, what I find in scriptures is that we're constantly being told to be discerning, to appraise, to consider mm-hmm. uh, what mm-hmm. it is uh, that is actually coming uh, into our into our minds. And absolutely. to me, I'm conscious of the day and age in which we're actually living today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more and more uh, Christian people uh, do need to be saying, hey, look, you know, uh, really, I'm going to have to move away from this culture. I think the evidence is overwhelming, Gary. I mean, if we, if we, we'd have to be blind not to see, we'd have to be deaf not to hear and, and be, you know, know the reality that, um, you know, that there is a downward spiral in morals today. And that as a result of that, we're seeing this increase of, of mental health issues. You know, particularly it, among young people. It's really interesting that you do actually say that because one of the things that, one of the passages of scripture that I really appreciate most, and I love being on this side of the desk because I can actually start to, uh, but, but look, one of the passages of scripture I really appreciate is being able to go into, uh, uh Revelation chapter 18. And in Revelation chapter 18, you actually get a call by God. He says to his people, he says, come out of her, and he's referring to Babylon, come out of her, my people, that mm, you don't mm. be partakers of her sins. Now, how can I actually be part of Babylon? Well, Babylon, of course, is uh, first and foremost, and it means much more than this, but first and foremost, it means confusion. Uh, mm. Come out of a confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just leave it at that, at that particular point. But, you know, I can be in Babylon by the things that I believe. That's a way of being in Babylon. But I can also be in Babylon culturally. It's physically possible to be in Babylon culturally. And the thing that I'm really conscious of today is that even Christian people are actually inhabiting Babylon culturally. Yeah. And yet Revelation 18 is very clear. Come out of Babylon. Come out of confusion. Come out my people. Absolutely. Uh, be separate. Uh, and, you know, to me, this is a powerful, a powerful passage of scripture. It is a powerful passage of scripture. And, and Gary, I, um, I did have another question, but look, we're, uh, we're going to keep moving. Let's come to some music. And, uh, after the music, we're going to talk about a giveaway that we've got today.
was Fernando Otago, Give Me Jesus. What a beautiful song. Welcome back. If you're, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary. This week we're following the theme, Revelant, Re- sorry, I'll try that again, Relevant or Redundant, Ten Commandments in a Post-Biblical World. Today we're asking the question, Relevant or Redundant, Does God Speak to violence. Now, we do have a special giveaway today. It's a book called God's Truth Can Change Your Life by George Knight, an incredibly prolific author and a very, very good writer. He always grabs your attention in the first line. Have you found that, Gary, reading his uh, books? He stops. He stops. Really, I've, I've loved some of these books. In fact, I've got some that are underlined, underlined, and yes, re-underlined. I'm the same. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's got a wealth of information to share. He's, uh, let, let me give you a little bit of a taste. Searching for life's meaning is universal. Every culture in every era has searched for truth. Truth that answers life's big questions. Truth that provides significance for daily living. Truth that is certain and beyond doubt. Best-selling author George Knight explains the Bible's major themes in a manner that is both clear and brief. Um, Gary, I think this is an absolute must for our listeners because this is what we need, isn't it? We need clear truth, clear answers from the Bible. If you're listening today and you want to know more about what the Bible teaches, this is a great book. It's going to be simple. It's going to be clear. You'll be able to understand it and it will, it will give you a confidence and a certainty in life in this very uncertain world. If you would like a free copy of that book, you can send us a text on 04888880811 and send us the code SA109. No gap between the SA and the 109 because when you send us that code, it actually goes to a robot and uh, the robot is... Um, Yes, he's not very intelligent. He he won't give you the book if you put a gap between SA and 109. So once again, that number 04888880811. And what you want to text is SA109. And that's for George Knight's book, God's Truth Can Change Your Life. And so, Gary, we're coming to this question now. Uh are the Ten Commandments relevant or are they redundant? And specifically, God does God speak to this issue of violence that we see in our world today? 
Yeah, look, I, I think this is uh, one of those those issues that uh, we do need to reconsider from from time to time. I think it's a really big one, actually, because you know it's really easy just on a uh, on face value to simply say, "Hey, look, you know, I mean, we're going to put up with all the, the violence in our society." You know, okay, there's a commandment that talks about uh, killing or murder. We'll get to that in just a, just a moment, but it actually leads into the whole subject of uh, of violence, and uh, that's what we need to actually talk about today. But look, uh, there's actually a, a fellow that really does impress me. Now, uh, it's actually the story of uh, Desmond Doss. Now, uh, Desmond Doss is a, is a remarkable uh, person. On April 1, uh, 1942, Desmond Doss joined the United States Army. Little did he realise that three and a half years later, he'd be standing on the White House lawn receiving the nation's highest award for his bravery and courage under fire. Of the 16 million men in uniform during World War II, only 431 uh, received the Congressional Medal of Honour. One of those was placed around the neck of a young Seventh-day Adventist who, during combat, had not killed a single enemy soldier. Wow. Uh, In fact... (laughs) <laughs> he refused to carry, I get this, he refused to carry a gun. His only weapons were his Bible and his faith in mm, God. Mm, President mm. Harry S. Truman warmly shook the hand of Corporal Desmond Thomas Doss and then held it, held it the entire time his citation was read aloud uh, to those gathered outside the White House in 1945. I'm proud of you, Truman said. Uh, you will, you'd really deserve this. Uh, I consider this a greater honour than being president. Wow. Now, the thing that really jumps out to me, however, is the journey of this young man, Desmond Doss. And of course, this is the man that that film Hacksaw Ridge uh, was actually made about. Many of our listeners have probably watched mm-hmm. uh, Hacksaw, mm-hmm. Hacksaw Mel Gibson, Ridge. Yeah. Mel Gibson. And uh, uh, they'd be aware of the story of this, uh, this man. The journey that had brought Desmond to this day had been a really challenging one. When Pearl Harbor was attacked, he was working at the Newport News Naval shipyard and could have requested a deferment but he wanted to do more for his country he was willing to risk his life on the front lines in order to preserve freedom when he joined the army desmond assumed that his classification as conscientious objector would not require him to carry a weapon he wanted to be an army combat medic as luck would have it, he was assigned to the Infantry Rifle Company. His refusal to carry a gun caused a whole lot of trouble amongst his fellow yeah. soldiers. They viewed him with disdain and they called him a misfit. Uh, you know, this story is absolutely uh, remarkable. Uh, they attempted to court-martial him for refusing a direct order. But, you know, the thing that really jumps out at me is his belief in the Bible. Listen to this. Desmond had been raised with a fervent belief in the Bible. When it came to the Ten Commandments, he applied them personally. During childhood, his father had purchased a large frame picture at an auction. It portrayed the Ten Commandments with wonderful illustrations. Next to the words, Thou shalt not kill was a drawing of Cain holding a club and standing over the body of his dead brother, Abel. A little Desmond uh, would look at that picture and ask, why did Cain kill Abel? How mm. in the world mm. could a brother do such a thing? Mm. In Desmond's mind, God said, 
If you love me, you will not kill. With that picture firmly embedded in his mind, he determined that he would never take a life. Now, look, this is something that, I mean, what do you think of this uh, this story uh, there, Marty? I mean, here we've got a fellow, he, he willingly joins the army uh, and then tells the army he's not going to, He's not going to carry a carry a weapon. Yeah, I mean that's right. For his fellow soldiers, they must have been thinking, "Why did we end up with this guy on our side?" And um, you know, they 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 beat him. You know, like uh, the film Hacksaw Ridge portrays, and the Conscious Objector, which is a documentary done on this. And yeah, um, this is this is a, a remarkable story, and I love Gary how such an early part of his life because it's a reminder to me as a parent how important it is that we sow these seeds of truth and of morality in the minds of our of our children of young people as soon as possible uh my understanding is that he um he whenever he got the opportunity he'd give blood as a young person because if he could do something to preserve and save a life that was what he believed that commandment was all about. And, and you know, to me, I, I really uh, am impressed that here we've got someone who's prepared to say, uh, this is something that I believe God uh, wants me to do and I'm prepared to actually take a stand mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, to me, I'm just so conscious how easy it is today to actually justify and say, well, it really doesn't matter that much at all because uh, in real, you know, uh, God's going to forgive me. Uh, and, it's true. You know, it's, it's true. It's, it's easy to justify. It's it's easier to ask forgiveness than you know than permission. They say. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite sad when that flows across into you know into our spiritual. Into our a, spiritual yeah, lives. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But look, why does? Why does Desmond Doss take a stand like that? And was he correct anyway? Well, that's the interesting question for today because uh, here what we've uh, uh, what we've uh, ac- actually got is uh, I think some reasons. You know, uh, to me the thing that stands out to me firstly is uh, uh, something that comes right from the creation story itself. I I, I love this. Uh, it's actually um, Genesis one and verse uh, verse twenty uh, twenty seven, and uh, God says this. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. Do you know? To me, this makes a this is a, a beautiful beautiful picture because what it's saying to me here is that God is the creator and mm. we were created in the image of God. Mm. Do you know, to me, as I as I look at that, I'm conscious that we live in a world that largely is uh, uh, believes in, has an evolutionary um, understanding. They've got an evolutionary worldview. But, uh, you know, Christians, Bible-believing Christians turn around and say, no, we didn't come from slime. What we came from was the hand of God himself. So it gives us intrinsic value. It gives it gives incredible value and I guess the more value you place on the human life, the less likely you would be to take life. That's exactly right. You know and that's the point. That's the thing that today I suggest to you that we're we've actually I think we've missed in many ways the value of 
life. Yeah. Uh, it, that, of a person. God values life far more than what we do. And it's only from mm-hmm. the word of God that you discover that. You know, if in fact, uh, then, uh, you know, the, the world was, world evolved over millions of years. If in fact you came from slime and you're going mm-hmm. to slime, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. then really, I mean, how much value have you got? Well, I think your body's worth about $4.50. Uh, that's, that's all it's yeah. actually worth. Yeah. Uh, you know, put it all together. It's mostly water. Mm-hmm. That is, but the Bible turns around and says, no, you know, I, I love it when you go into the, into the New Testament and you get to, to first John, beloved, now we're the sons of God, but it does not yet appear mm-hmm. what we, ha- what we shall be, but we know that when he does mm-hmm. appear, we mm-hmm. shall be like him. You know, you yeah. go to Peter's, uh, what Peter says in Peter's lessons and uh, Peter's letters and he, he talks about us being kings and priests and heirs and ambassadors. You know, the sort of status that scripture gives to humanity is something that I turn around and say, hey, why would I want to turn around and murder, absolutely kill humanity when God gives that status absolutely. to humanity? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I love where you're going with that, Gary. I, I love the, the thought in Revelation chapter 3 where God says that he who overcomes is going to grant to sit with him on his throne. And I think about this incredible picture that that God has when he looks at us he sees us with such incredible value we and this really speaks to a generation today Gary that that is struggling with self-worth and they're struggling with this you know this sense of does my life matter um, am I just a, a byproduct of chance yeah or does my life have meaning does it have purpose and 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 the idea of creation and uh, this uh, giving us a basis for morality is so yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, you know, can I say that even for me, you know, one of the things that distresses me totally is legislation that's been passed in Australia, for example, with the whole abortion uh, issue. And, uh, you know, here in this state, here in South Australia, you are allowed to have an abortion up to the very ninth month. And, you know, you can actually have a child can be... I'm sorry, uh, I won't use the word, mm. uh, destroyed, a viable, it's not a fetus, mm. it's, a, it's a full child, mm. Yeah, mm. is able to be destroyed mm. uh, according to legislation in this state. Why am I so opposed to that thing? Mm-hmm. Because I value human life. And Absolutely. so does the word of God. Absolutely it does. So does the word of God. Yeah. Look, but let me just start, because I'm really conscious that my time is getting away. I, I, I find it really hard to, uh, to do things quickly, <laughs> as you can, uh, uh, as you can see. But look, you know, if we go to the Ten Commandments, which is what we're talking about today, uh, the Sixth Commandment actually uh, makes a very simple statement, you shall not murder. Now, uh, my version actually says you shall not murder, but mine's a more recent version. Mine's actually the new King James Version. In the original, in the uh, old King James Version, uh, it actually said thou shalt not kill. And, and there were many people who struggled with that, and of course that's the version that Desmond Doss actually had hung on his wall, thou shalt not mm-hmm. kill. Mm-hmm. And of course what people then say is, well, what about, you know, what about things like capital punishment? Uh, what about the ancient Israelites killing in times of, uh, of war? Uh, well, of course, in, uh, in those particular cases, the actual Jewish word is actually very clear on, uh, that, uh, on that particular situation. The correct translation is actually thou shalt not murder. Uh, it's actually not. Yeah. It's actually not uh, prohibiting. Uh, you know, if a if a person is killed, 
Mm-hmm. And needs to, uh, and, uh, uh, and punishment as a result of murder mm-hmm. is ordered mm-hmm. by a court of law. This commandment doesn't actually prohibit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I think many people, uh, don't, don't actually realize. Uh, we actually find in, um, uh, in the Old Testament, you get uh, exceptions for, you know, Exodus uh, 22, and it's actually verse, uh, uh, verse 12. There's an exception here. Uh, for someone who uh, breaks into your your house, this is uh, uh, this is what that uh, uh, that passage does uh, uh, does say. But if in fact uh, it is stolen from him, whereabouts are we here? No, let me get have a look at uh, uh, Revelation uh, Exodus twenty two and uh, verse thirteen. We'll try the right verse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if it is torn to pieces, uh, no, I've got the I have got the wrong passage written down. Here. I, think a, I think I know where you're ter- going, though, Gary. Thing, this is this sometimes happens to us preachers, doesn't it? You it know, does. and it's very yeah, yeah, it's very humbling. But but I think I know where I think I am familiar with the principle there, yeah, yeah. and that is if if your life's in danger, if your family's life is in danger, it's not actually biblical to just lie down and let them walk all over you and 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 Correct. take your life and take the life of your children and your yeah. family. No, there is a we have a responsibility to defend ourselves and defend and our fact, family. In fact, in the Old Testament, where if a person broke into your house and in the middle of the night and uh, there was an altercation and the thief was uh, uh was uh, was killed, um there was actually uh, that was actually legitimate. You could actually yeah. defend yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. So thou shalt not kill uh, doesn't actually prohibit uh, certain uh, types of yeah. um, uh, certain types of death, mm-hmm. uh, but what it does prohibit is the premeditated, the type of murder where one attacks another, where as a result of a violent struggle, one is killed or murdered. That's what yeah. it's actually prohibiting. Yeah. But it, you know, it's really interesting. Just just touching back for a moment on what we were discussing before the media what we watch what we listen to gary if it's um what does this say to the kinds of things that we're watching because if if biblically it is it is a sin and it is breaking god's commandments to murder well, what, what, what about watching it? What I, about what about being in, entertained by it? I actually do want to come to that uh, immediately. Maybe after our maybe after our break, we can yeah. Come okay, to that I'm because, jumping ahead because I do want to pick that one up because I yeah. think it's really important. Because significantly, Christ in his Sermon on the Mount actually quotes uh, this sixth commandment, mm-hmm. and uh, in in quoting that, he actually doesn't do away with it. He actually pushes it further, and mm-hmm. I want to dig into that if we possibly can. Absolutely. Well, that's the heart of the matter, isn't it? It is. It is. That's the heart of the matter. Uh, Gary, uh, our listeners, I want to just promote this book once again because um, I, I love where we're going with this because this is important. This is important. Whether whether it's to do with abortion, whether it's to do with what we see in war-torn countries, and whether it's like we're going, Gary, whether it's actually a matter of our hearts and our attitude, it's something even deeper for us because probably 
you know, probably our listeners, Gary, think, well, you know, this isn't an issue for me, Gary. Yeah. This is yeah. no problem. I'm not about to go out what and What we're going someone. to find out, I believe, is that this is actually an issue for us all. This is a challenge for us Particularly all. Particularly in the day and the age in which we are living today. Yeah. Uh, because uh, particularly with the media, and I'm going to come to this uh, right. straight, after our, straight after our break. Well, let me just quickly give our listeners once again the, um, the book that we're giving away is called God's Truth Can Change your life. An extremely well-renowned author, George Knight, I've, I've read several of his books myself. It, this book is a must. If you're looking for answers from the Bible, this book is a must. Once again, the code for this book is SA109. You're going to text that SA109 to 4 So one more time, the code is SA109. 109, texting to 04888808811. That's a great book, God's Truth Truth Can Change Your Life. We're going to come to some music now, and then straight after the break, we're going to look at the heart of this commandment of you shall not murder. My heart is so proud My mind is so unfocused I see the things you do for me As great things I have done And now you gently break me
Grace, a powerful, powerful song. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary. This week we're following the theme, Relevant or Redundant? The Ten Commandments in a Post-Biblical World. Today we're asking, Relevant or Redundant? Does God speak to violence? And Pastor Gary, I, you're, you're about to dig into the real heart of the matter here. Yeah, look, basically, Marty, what I'd like to do is just go into the New Testament because, okay, we've picked up, you know, the value of life in the, in the Old Testament. We look at the, you know, thou shalt not murder, uh, at the, at the commandments. Uh, we look at, uh, you know, what that does actually mean. But, you know, it's really interesting to me that Christ actually picks up, you know, there are some people who say, you know, the commandments have been done away with, but Christ actually picks up this particular commandment in his Sermon on the Mount. Now, this is something that's well, this Sermon on the Mount is a real Beauty. I love. I would love to have been there and listened to him actually actually share this. Of course, some some would suggest it's actually a compilation of a number of sermons, and it may have well have been the been the been the case. But just listen to what the scriptures actually say on this particular subject. Uh, Christ is speaking. He's speaking to his disciples. Uh, You've heard that it was said to those of old, "You shall not murder." Now, of course, that comes from the Old Testament, uh, from the Ten Commandments. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment and whoever says to his brother Raka uh, shall be in danger of the council whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire you know what Christ is doing here you know I, I love you know whoever says to his brother Raka and I, one time I sort of wondered well what is that you know what is that and so I actually went and, I actually went and looked it up you know and uh, it's actually yeah. a, it's actually a totally untranslatable word but what it actually means is whoever speaks to his brother with contempt in his voice, hmm. in danger of judgment. Now, Christ, get what's actually happening. Yeah. Christ is taking thou shalt not murder, and he turns around and he says, hey, you know, um, uh, whoever speaks to his brother with contempt in his voice is in danger of judgment. Yeah. Wow, now, wow, wow, wow. To, to me, this is huge. You know, uh, To me, you know, I, um, uh, I'm one of those people, you know, I mean, I can put up my hand with a lot of pride on this, on this particular commandment. All I can, right. I, I, I can say, hey, look, you know, I have never murdered anyone. 
I have never. Yeah, I can pull my hand up for that too. You can Gary. do that one. You, you can do that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, if I talk to your wife, <laughs> and we talked about this issue of speaking to someone with contempt in your voice. Wow. Uh, well, I'm starting to feel guilty, Gary. Suddenly feeling guilty. You know, I look at this and I turn around and say, oh, well, you know, I mean, I might be able to put up my hand and say, hey, I've never actually yeah. physically plunged a, mm-hmm. a knife mm-hmm. into anybody. But have I, uh, can I say, hey, I've never actually spoken to someone. Have you spoke cutting words? Have I spoken cutting words? You know, what Christ is doing here is really challenging humanity. Uh, you know, it, he's challenging our relationships. Mm. He's mm. amplifying. He's not doing away with the commandment. What he's doing is turning around and saying, no, uh, what it actually means is this. It's not just the matter of plunging a knife into someone. It's a matter of what, uh, what you say is important as what you what you do absolutely yeah jesus is going going much deeper here than just that surface reading of oh yeah you shall not murder okay easy i don't i can tick that box off and say no 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 no. this is an issue of the heart Mm. if there is you know if i'm struggling with unforgiveness or with bitterness or with anger or hostility towards someone i'm actually going against the principle of that commandment, which That's, is really the command on the, f- if, if you frame it in the positive, it's the command to save life and preserve life and, and therefore do things that promote well-being in my fellow, fellow man or woman. It's exactly what it's saying. You know, to me, Marty, it also tells me why, uh, I can only be saved by grace. Because, you know, it's very easy to turn around and say, hey, look, you know, I've never uh, murdered anyone. I've never plunged a knife into them. You know, hey, you know, I put my shoulders back. I'm quite proud Mm -hmm. of, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, of that fact. Yeah, well done. Uh, Well done. (laughs) But Christ, when Christ comes along, he says, well, actually, uh, you, you know, there is nobody that I know of that can put up their hand and say, hey, I'm guiltless. Why does Scripture say, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, it's the gift of God? Scripture says that I believe because, uh, in fact, uh, all of us have offended certainly yeah. on this issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when we recognize that the Ten Commandments are, um, are deeply spiritual and they deal with our inner emotions, they deal with our inner desires and our motives and our attitudes, we recognize that, yeah, God is, um, yeah, God has a, you know, he has a standard of holiness that we fall short of. You know, it's interesting you've actually used a word there that we don't actually use often today, holiness. I mean, what is holiness? Because I, I, I'm just so conscious that, I mean, um, you know, we as, um, um, I suppose believers today, we've come to accept so much about our society that uh, is really not just uh, non-Christian, but is actually positively evil. And uh, it's, it seems to be uh, mm, something mm, that, mm. and I, I think particularly, and this is where I do bring in the whole issue of, uh, of Hollywood. Um, hey, mm. some of the, some of the things which are being, oh, so I would suggest to you most of the things that are actually being presented on, um, much of the, uh, commercial media today, 
uh, certainly falls into the uh, category of not being, not just being anti-Christian. Well, not just being, uh, um, uh, being anti-Christian in the most mm-hmm. extreme sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, holiness and having heart holiness, Gary, is something that as believers we should all be striving for. This is not something that is, um, you know. Eh, it's not something that's airy fairy either. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm so heavenly minded that I'm of no earthly use. Yeah. It means that I love my brother genuinely. Yeah. I mean, Christ yeah. said, love one another as I have loved you. Yeah. And if you do love someone that much, it really means before I speak a word of criticism to you, I need to ask myself the question, am I willing to give my life for that brother? Yeah. Yeah. No, before that's- I open my mouth and start attacking or becoming aggressive, is my heart in the right place towards that individual? And so many relationships, Gary, could could avoid untold pain and hurt yeah. if we were, um, you know, if we genuinely had the love of Christ. I in our love. Uh, I mean, one of my favourite passages of scripture is actually Philippians chapter two, uh, and where Paul talking to the Philippians and he says to them, "Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus." Mm. Let mm. you know. To me, as I look at that, that is a remarkable yeah. statement. The mind that was in Jesus. Paul wants to have in the life of the individual believer. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, this is actually moving us into the area of the lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, there are some mm-hmm. people out there who turn around and say, hey, look, you know, Ten Commandments have been done away with. I don't agree with that at all. I don't think it's biblical. Uh, but uh, even if you come into the New Testament, even if that was actually right, at the very moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, mm-hmm. uh, you're back in with exactly the same expectations as certainly what the moral law gives you. Absolutely. Jesus is our example in all things. Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, he says in Matthew 5, 17 and 18, that that passage, through to 19 really, didn't come to destroy the law of the prophets, I didn't come to destroy them, but to fulfill, Jesus says, and really that means to show us what it looks like when they're properly kept. And Jesus' life was an example of love. Yeah. And um and I agree with you Gary when we invite Christ into our hearts he not only saves us he not only saves us from our past sins and the things that we've done in the past but he gives us a new heart he gives us the holy spirit and he enables us to live a new life and what is that new life that new life is ordered according to God's law Mm, mm, that's that's incredibly powerful, and that to me, I believe, is an excellent way of actually presenting uh, that uh, that particular understanding. Because exactly what Christ does, I mean, Christ is quoting from the Old Testament. So, yeah. you know, to me, the thing I love is that Christ's Bible was the Old Testament. It, it was. was no New Testament. The Old <laughs> Testament was Christ's Bible. That's right. And uh, I look right. at that and I say, hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, why do why is the Old Testament actually denigrated? They're actually denigrating the Bible of of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. You 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 spot on there, Gary, and we believe that the whole Bible is inspired by God and is mm. profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Yeah. And yeah. and we miss out so much. We miss out on so many gems when we neglect to study the Old Testament. And how much a better world we would actually have if, in fact, we went back to the moral law and said, hey, there are things that are right. There are some things that are wrong. Yeah. You know, it is yeah. okay. This is not every man doing everything which is right in his own eyes. No. That is not uh, a, a wise way of living life. Uh, but 
as I look at the moral law, I mean, I think of Psalm 19, and you've got that wonderful King David, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The yeah. testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise or simple, more to be desired than gold, sweeter also than honey and yeah. the honeycomb. Yeah. You know, that... Yeah. Is what a converted person, that is how a converted person Absolutely. deals with the law of Absolutely. God. Absolutely. What is the difference between conversion and unconversion? We're running out of time, Gary. Um, you know, this has been a great subject today, and we just want to thank everybody for joining us on uh, on Drive Time today. Big Q&A. I want to invite you to join us tomorrow. Fabiano, Pastors Fabiano and Pastor Hugh, are going to be discussing a very important commandment. That's the seventh commandment, which deals with the issue of adultery. Mm. Discover how many relationships relationships could thrive and how much pain could be avoided if this law of love and loyalty was to be kept. As we go, I'd like to leave you with these words from God who says in his word, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. May you know and walk in the plan that God has for your life. Thanks so much. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.